Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Midtown Atlanta, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Now here's your host, C.W. Hall. Good morning, everyone. It is C.W. Hall, your host here on the Health Connect South Radio show. Thanks for making us a part of your day today, our 78th episode of the show today. And fighting her way through traffic to get down here and join me in the studio, I have Siobhan Richardson, Blue Flowers Organization. Yes. Hi, Charles. How good morning. You? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm sorry you had a little bit of an arduous journey yeah. into, into town today, but... Uh, that's living in Atlanta. That's right. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've had that happen. Well, tell me a little bit about Blue Flowers and what it's all about. Yeah. So um, thank you for having us, by the way. Of course. So Blue Flowers Org is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We were founded in 2014 um, by myself, Siobhan Richardson. I am co-founder and COO. And my mother, Valerie Crawford Shilly, um, who's our co-founder and our CEO and the leader of our organization. So it's a really interesting story behind kind of how we came to be and our motivation for forming our nonprofit organization. Did you have a personal experience with friends or family that made you want to get this going? Yeah. So my grandfather was, um, well, long story short, um, my mother and I were always encouraging my grandfather to get screened for prostate cancer. And he would always say, I'm okay. I'm fine. I don't need to get screened. And then one time he got really sick with something totally different mm -hmm. and ended up in the emergency room. They did a CAT scan. He was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer. Wow. So from that point on for 12 years, my mother and I were his caregivers and we helped him through everything from working with the doctors to being his advocate and helping him in every way. Um, and so we just want to be a resource for other women that have been through the same situation. So you had the opportunity to experience the the caregiver side, the significant other side, and and be there along the way with uh, an individual who was dealing with prostate cancer. What was, how long did things go? Twelve long years. And was it the, was it the cancer that ultimately took him? Or? Yeah, so we lost him in 2014. Um, he did pass from prostate cancer. Mm. And so through the process as women, if you asked us about any other form of cancer, we can probably tell you a lot about it. But when it came down to prostate cancer, as women, we really had to go through the steep learning curve of learning about prostate cancer. And not only the physical effects of prostate cancer, but also the mental and the spiritual effects as well as far as staying motivated and uplifted. And so since we went through that process, we've connected with other women that have gone through the process as well. We just really want to just be a resource for other women to be able to do the same thing for their families. In what sense? What do you, are, is there some education that you're offering? Yeah. Talk about what you're wanting those folks to, to gain from being a part of you. Yeah. So we have three, three programs. Our first program is Prostate Cancer Care 360, and it really talks about the mental, physical, and spiritual aspects of prostate cancer. So for example, the mental effects. A lot of men, when they're diagnosed, they may experience depression and other um, emotional feelings. And so we provide resources around that. We have relationships with counselors. And if you don't have insurance, we can um, kind of negotiate that with uh, our partners that we have relationships with. The physical aspects, of course, are the treatment diagnosis aspects of prostate cancer. And the spiritual, which is my favorite, is keeping your family motivated and uplifted when going through prostate cancer. So that's our first program. 
Our second program is called Bridging the Gap, and that's where we help work with um, bridging the gap in healthcare disparities. And our last program is Prostate Cancer Care Connection. So it's really about being in the community, having workshops and summits, delivering prostate cancer awareness information. When it comes to the women that you're interacting with through Blue Flowers, given your personal experience over those 12 years of having a significant other who is dealing with prostate cancer, talk about some of the perspectives you and your mother share with these ladies who have a significant other dealing with prostate cancer. Things like maybe how to stay positive, dealing with feelings of powerlessness, whatever the case may be. Well, it's it's really about... Um, First, starting with the education and awareness and the understanding of what a man is going through, the things that he's experiencing, and really helping women navigate that. We get phone calls from women all the time. Oh, my dad doesn't want to go to the doctor or he's been diagnosed and he's shutting us out. And we really advise women to really be empathetic to what they're going through and really relate. I mean, we work with a lot of survivors so they can really communicate the messaging of, hey, this is what we need from you as women in our lives. And when we say women in our lives, we don't only mean significant others, but we mean for your sons and your father and your brothers and your friends. Um, You know, we do so much as women and we feel like this is a man's health issue, but women really do play a vital role. It is each man's responsibility to take care of his health, but they can't do it without us. And as far as the the partnerships that you've forged in the community, you were talking about some of the resources that are making themselves available, some of the counseling folks. Um, are there other other partnerships that you're looking for similar to this that you're trying to build on? Yeah. So we actually have two really, really great partnerships currently. We have a partnership with Clark Atlanta University, their CCRTD program. And that's where our Bridging the Gap program comes through. They're one of the few institutions that do prostate cancer research on African-American men specifically. Prostate cancer affects all demographics of men from young to old. Um, However, there is an increase in diagnosis and death rates in African-American men specifically. Mm -hmm. So we do partner with Clark Atlanta University to help in that aspect of prostate cancer. We are also national affiliates with Men's Health Network, which is a huge deal. Uh, We operate in Georgia, Maryland, and Virginia as well. So we have that national perspective in in addition to doing the work that we do in Georgia. So, you know, a lot of our partnerships, and we're right now thinking through what 2017 is going to look like for us as far as events and partnerships. And, you know, we're really just wanting to partner with partners that are in the community, that are doing great things, that are doing PSA screenings, because we do education awareness. And our whole goal is to really engage people even if you have not been impacted by prostate cancer. We want people to come out and then we want people to be aware of what's going on so they can share it with everyone that they know. Are you putting on screenings yourself or are you just basically kind of help getting the word out when there are screenings around trying to help the community get more aware? Both, both. So we, um, if there is a situation where we do need screenings, we do work with other local nonprofit organizations. We do work with folks such as Northside Hospital. We do refer people to Northside Hospital and other institutions within Georgia, Maryland, and Virginia. Um, Howard University is also a um, partner that we work with as, as far as referring for prostate cancer screenings in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. You know, that's part of what we do, but we're really looking to kind of expand Um, who we're reaching and we're working, looking to work with partners to do that. What sorts of collaborations would you see that when you look around the community that you think about that might be beneficial in that way, either 
hastens the pace at which your information gets shared, you know, maybe reaches more people. What are you what are you hoping to find in that regard? Yeah. So, you know, those partnerships can can look there's so many different potentials. So one partnership may be um, an organization that specifically works with women as far as health. Um, and they focus on women healthcare issues, but they may want to bring us in to say, well, we focus on women's healthcare issues, but we have this audience of women that we work with. We'd like to share with them some men's health issues as well. So that would be a great partner for us. Another really good partner would be someone that does screenings on, on cholesterol or um, blood pressure or diabetes. Then we would really use that audience to say, well, you all are screening for these other things. You also want to get screened for prostate cancer. Here's why. And why you're here, we also want to deliver a message about prostate cancer. So those are the two really good examples, but it's really about being strategic and looking at kind of what our strengths are and looking at kind of what another organization is doing and hopefully we can kind of mirror or kind of match ourselves together to really have an impact in the community. Where would you say that you fit in when you look around the landscape about you know, not-for-profits that are trying to help help individuals dealing with prostate cancer in one form or fashion, whether mm-hmm. significant others or or the patients themselves. Where do you see yourselves kind of differentiating yourselves against other, I guess, folks that are in the in the area as well? Yes. Well, we are the solution to a major problem that um, our industry has been facing, and that's getting women involved. That has been a major issue, and our whole organization. Uh, was created to solve that issue. So it's, it's it's always a very good good partnership when we can bring an audience of women to the table with to another prostate cancer organization that is doing similar work and we can really come together and focus on men and women. And so a lot of organizations aren't really focusing on women because it's like, well, why would we? It's a men's health disease. But we do that and it's also the way we engage our target audience. We don't just focus on only those that have been survivors or only those that have been impacted. We want this to be a common conversation. It should not be taboo. This should be something that, oh yeah, prostate cancer, yes, you know, you should start getting screened at this age and it should be something that everyone knows. And so that's our goal. And we engage people doing things that they like to do, um, whether it's a car show or um, for women, a, a health event. And it's really been successful for us as far as engaging the community. We've been talking with Siobhan Richardson, the co-founder of Blue Flowers, an organization, 501c3, that is aimed at helping individuals and their significant others uh, through the process of prostate cancer, trying to elevate the level of awareness around just the screening that can actually help catch prostate cancer early on in its development, such that you can either have a path of watchful waiting, or if need be, you can begin treatment and have a whole lot more options uh, to to eradicate the, the, the cancer, whether that is uh, you know, medication or other measures that they would have to take. But you certainly have many, many more options and a greater likelihood mm-hmm. of successful treatment if you catch it early. And and as Siobhan was explaining, their loved one was resistant to getting the, the test done. And I, I know that men can certainly be hard-headed about that sort of thing. It's almost a, I don't want to know the answer. I'm afraid yeah. of the answer, so I'm not going to get the test. If I don't get the test, then I don't have to deal with the information. Absolutely. Um, I think it's probably a good strategy to have the women be a part of that conversation because I've seen some of the studies that are looking at uh, some of the effects of various cancer treatments. And in the study I was reading, it was interviewing the patient themselves and then also interviewing their significant others. And it was interesting how 
the the men typically underreported things compared to their significant other who was right there with them witnessing what they were going through. So I think having the women be empowered with information and 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 helping their significant other maybe do some of the things they should do to yes. to get better. Yes. Or at least to avoid um, you know, catching it at a late period of, exactly. you know, when there's really limited things you can do for it. And that's our messaging to catch it early. And, you know, we realize the power that women play. Women make over 80% of the medical decisions mm-hmm. for their families. And we say, well, at least if women are aware to at least bring up, to ask the question, hey, have you gotten screened? You're approaching your 40th birthday. If you're an African-American man, if you have a history of prostate cancer in your family, you're, you know, 35-ish. Let's start having those conversations with your doctor. But it's the awareness piece that's so key because if you don't know about it, then how can you ask the questions? How can you bring it up? We encourage women to go to the doctors with the man in your life. Be there, be supportive. He may say, oh, you don't need to go, I'm fine. No, be there, be in the room. It makes a difference. And it makes a difference as far as his care and his treatment, knowing that he has the family support and also being there to kind of be a second ear and be able to walk him with him through the process. How have you been getting the word out about what you're doing and mm-hmm. that it's available for people? Yeah, well, we are very active in the community. We participate in a lot of health fairs uh, in the state of Georgia, also in Maryland and Virginia. Uh, we do have a lot of fundraisers coming up in 2017. We have our annual Shades of Blue that we do every September. Um, that is a great way for us to get our, our names out there and our brand. And it's also a great opportunity to network with leaders in the medical community, business leaders, our families, people in the political environment. Um, it happens during the Congressional Black Caucus, which takes place usually like the third week in September. And um, that has been a really great thing for us as far as getting our word out about us and who we are. And also it's led to some really good partnerships as far as them finding out about us. We have a huge social media presence. You can literally follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google Plus, LinkedIn, you name it. Um, And we are listed as Blue, B-L-E-U, Flowers with an S org on all of our social media outlets. So it's really easy to find us. And we have a monthly newsletter that goes out. And so it's just been kind of through word of mouth. We've been meeting people. They've been excited about what we do. They've been helping us spread the message. And the people that we have on our board and they're engaged with us are very passionate about what we do. And um, it's been, we've just been kind of growing organically. And we like that kind of growth. We like the organic growth. Um, person to person via social media or in person. And it's it's been really good for us. Have you been able to secure corporate support from some businesses that are providing funding? What What's that look like for you? Do you does most of your funding come through your events that you're talking about? Yeah. So, you know, my background is in, in fundraising. I used to work for a foundation for a major bank. And so um, I was on the side of giving sponsorships or reading grant applications. And so I have some insight as far as, you know, how the corporate world works as far as funding. Um, But, you know, we really pride ourselves in being a organization that has multiple streams of revenue. And so we do um, have a lot of support as far as people attending our events. That's been really great for us. Um, Individual donors has been really good for us. Um, Grant support too. I'm also a grant writer. So, you know, writing those grants is really important. Getting those state and government funds is really important for us. And so um, the corporate funding is something that we're pursuing this year. 
Um, and so hopefully, you know, if any listeners out there um, wants to, you know, if you know anyone that can help and support us as far as funding, you know, we greatly appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And as far as the events, when, what type of things are you doing outside you, you mentioned some health fairs and things like that but yes. what else are you doing when when you're with your fundraising type events yeah so we actually have an event on november 12th it's going to be at urban tea in alpharetta and it is our 10 at 2 co-ed tea party and essentially it's 10 people coming together at two o'clock on a saturday and we have a very intimate conversation about prostate cancer and we're having tea and we're eating food and we have women come and we encourage that they bring the man in their lives because we come and we talk about life. We talk about food. We talk about things that are going on in the world. But while we're there, we deliver the message about prostate cancer awareness. We tell people, hey, you know, if you're between the age of 35 and 40, you really need to start thinking, having conversations about getting screened. If you have that relative that's that father um, or uh, father or brother that's been diagnosed with prostate cancer, you're at higher risk. You really need to have the conversations. You need to get your PSA and uh, DRE screenings done. And so it's just a really intimate way for us to sit for an hour and a half and really talk about issues that you may not be comfortable talking about in just a general environment. Um, But that fundraiser has been very successful for us. And like I said, it's on November 12th. Um, All of our events are on our website. Um, Our website is www.blueflowersflowers.org. And you can specifically go to our event page um, slash events and you will see our entire calendar for 2017. So I encourage everyone to visit our calendar. Please subscribe to our calendar so we can keep you up to date with all our events. That's one event that we have that um, that's actually our last event for 2017, 2016. But for 2017, we have an entire (laughs) calendar ready to go. We have at least one or two events between three states um, for the next year. So we'll definitely have a lot of great things for everyone to come out and enjoy. And it was 40 years old that they recommend you get the Yeah, so, so this is the thing, and I'm glad you brought that up. And so um, it's communicated now to start screening at 50. Okay. Okay. I knew that was the case for colon cancer as yes. well, but I couldn't recall for sure for prostate cancer. Yeah, so that, that's what's communicated. But, but the issue is, there are more aggressive forms of prostate cancer that are out there. There are people that are dying at 36 from prostate cancer. And so if you have, if you have a father or brother that has been diagnosed with prostate cancer, your risk has increased by threefold as far as you being diagnosed with prostate cancer, especially if it was at a younger age. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're African-American, that alone is a risk factor. So if you combine the two, if you're an African-American man that has had a father or a brother diagnosed with prostate cancer, your risks are very high that you could potentially be diagnosed with prostate cancer as well. So we encourage people to have these conversations with their physicians, urge that I am at high risk. I know I may not meet the the qualifications that are uh, communicated, but if you are at high risk, definitely have that conversation with your physician. And that's why we have the free prostate cancer screenings, because if you don't have insurance and you know that you need to get screened, you need to have the opportunity to do that. So it's also about access to care. And so you can also visit our website and see all our free prostate cancer screenings that we have. Um, they're either free or discounted. 
Um, there are between Georgia, Maryland, and Virginia. So also visit our website to see that as well. I know that with with regard to the screenings, in addition to the ones that you all are making available, I know that the various hospitals are offering them and even yeah. businesses occasionally will offer free PSA screenings. It's yeah. a simple blood test. It's just to draw a little bit of blood yeah. and then you get your results back in a day or two, I yeah. guess. Um, I guess in the in- instance that you don't have insurance, I'm sure there's a healthcare provider that's going to sit down with you and talk about any results that they have. Yeah. And so usually the way it's set up is um, you go, um, some healthcare screenings have PSA and DRE. Some just have PSA screenings and you can go and find out if you do have a elevated um, PSA level. Doesn't necessarily automatically mean that you have prostate cancer, but that elevated level is one signal to say, hey, we need to look into this a little bit further. So some screenings will have doctors on site that can talk to you a little bit more. Some will refer you to a physician. So we just encourage people to come out. And a lot of our of us, free screening events will be either somewhere in the community or it will be, hey, this hospital has screenings every third Thursday of the month. It will have the full schedule on our website. So that's why it's really important to go and see kind of, hey, do I want to go to a health fair and get screened or do I want to visit um, a, you know, a Northside hospital or someone like that to get screened? You have, you have those options. Well, I, I've certainly enjoyed having you here, Siobhan, to talk more about blue flowers and what you're trying to do for the prostate cancer community, both from an early detection perspective, as well as helping men and their significant others be able to handle the process of going through prostate cancer treatment and what that's like. Uh, More and more patients are surviving cancer these days. And so having some access to people who've been through things already, uh, to give you a little bit of guidance on how to handle certain things and resources that you can have access to. You want to link up with the folks at Blue Flowers. Again, the website being blueflowers.org. And as Siobhan was saying, they're they're tied in on a host of social media platforms as well so that you can share their information. Any final thoughts before we get you back? Yeah. So, you know, we have uh, coming up on our second year anniversary. And so I really want to just let everyone know that uh, we encourage people to come out and attend our, our events, get engaged with us. We have a lot of opportunities for volunteers or um, we do have a few board seats that are open up to kind of engage people. We invite people to come out because at all our events, we share information and that's the key. That's why we're here. So come out, get to know us better, um, engage with us, and we look forward to meeting you all in person in 2017. If you've not done so already, you look in the upper left-hand corner of the Health Connect South radio show page. You'll see the Apple logo there. It'll take you to the iTunes store where the podcast lives, and you can subscribe to us. And that way, each week when the new episode comes out, it's downloaded to your device. You can check it out when it's convenient for you. We hope you turn around and click share on this information because clearly, with what Siobhan and her folks are doing there at Blue Flowers, it's something that will very likely help somebody that means something to you. So if you turn around and put it out on LinkedIn or Facebook, Twitter, one of those social media platforms and and say, check it out, very good chance you're going to help somebody that means something to you. So we'll say thanks in advance to everybody that shares it for us. And all the folks over at Health Connect South really appreciate you, Shivani, Russ, and Rebecca, and Afsan, all the folks over there. We want to say thanks so much for making the Health Connect South radio show uh, available to everybody out there and to the folks that uh, made us a part of their day, including Siobhan driving in to, to speak with us today. We want to say thanks so much. We appreciate you. We look forward to catching up with you next week. We'll see you then. Thank you.